Amen. Good morning, church. Man, it's so good to see everybody here this morning. All right, well, I want to welcome everyone here today, those of you who are present and those of you who are joining us live online for our worship as well. Before we get started, I do have just a few things that I want to share with you this morning from the elders. First of all, um, the elders would like to challenge our congregation here at Central, and this includes those of you who are online as well, with fasting and prayer tomorrow for all those who have been impacted by COVID. They'd like to start at 6 a.m. in the morning and fast and pray till 6 p.m. tomorrow night. Now, uh, the elders realize that some of you have health concerns, you're, you're not able to fast, but all of us should be able to pray. And so what the elders are asking as you leave this morning, as you go out the front door in the foyer, Becky is going to be sitting there with a sign-up sheet. And on that sign-up sheet, there are going to be uh, 15-minute sessions where you can sign up to pray. Okay, and, and we're going to have 15-minute sessions that will go from 6 in the morning till 6 that night. And what we hope is for tomorrow from 6 to 6, it will be continual prayer lifting up all those who have been impacted by COVID. Now, you may say, well, I'd like to take several 15-minute slots. That's awesome, and you can sign up for that. We would love to have several people signing up for each of those 15-minute slots praying throughout the day. Now, for those of you who are watching online and you're unable to be here, you can still participate in this as well. In fact... This is Becky, my secretary's email address. This is also her cell phone. And you can either email her or you can text her. You can even do that right now. <laughs> Becky's going to kill me. But you can even do that right now and say, look, I would like to pray. Give me, give me a 15-minute session on that 12 hours. And you may even say, I want several 15-minute sessions during that, that 12 hours. But we would love for you guys to participate with us on this fasting and praying for the next 12 hours. This will be tomorrow from 6 to 6 for all those who have been greatly impacted by COVID. And so uh, please make sure that you participate in that if you can. Also, the elders would like for me to say thank you. And I want to join in on this. And, and this is for those of you who are online and those of you who are here today as well. Over the last almost two years now, the world, the congregation here at Central has gone through a lot. There's been a lot of turmoil and just a, a, a lot of bad stuff going on in our world. And, and a lot of this has affected our congregation as well, especially COVID. And what the elders wanted me to express, all of you who are here and those of you who are watching online, is thank you 
Thank you so much. I, I know that things at times have been frustrating. Um, our worlds have been completely turned upside down. But you guys have been here. You guys have tuned in. You could have gotten frustration. You could have gotten frustrated and walked away from the whole thing. But you have stayed with us. And you have continued to worship God and to love God and to love each other and continue to serve and to give. And the elders, again, and, and for myself as well, we just want to say thank you so much for truly being God's family. This is a, this is a family. And it is so great to be a part of this family. And if you're tuning in online or if you're visiting with us today and you want to know more about the family at Central, we would love to tell you about it. and We'd love to, for you to be a part of it with us. But again, thank you so much for sticking with us. And then one last thank you that I want to mention. I want to mention our tech team. We go live online at 1045 every Sunday and it's these guys who make it happen. And I've had so many people uh, tell me, but also tell the elders, you have no idea what this means to us. You know, because of COVID, we haven't been able to come, but we've been able to watch online, and they just do a terrific job. And so I want to call these, these four guys out. Uh, Bill, Ron, Shepard, Jeff, these guys, week in and week out, they are, they are there to, to, make, to make all of that possible. And so we just want you to know, guys, how much we appreciate you and your hard work. All right, well, if you are tuning in with us for the first time or if you're visiting with us for the first time today, right now we are in a series all about anxiety. And I just really feel like this is an important series for us right now because the latest statistics show that there are 40 million people within the U.S. and that number is growing who are suffering with anxiety. In fact, anxiety disorder is the most common disorder in our country. The World, or the World Health Organization even talked about how the levels of anxiety have gone up. In fact, they say that over the last three decades, over the last 30 years, anxiety has gone up, are you ready for this, over 1,200%. What that means is your grandparents and your great-grandparents who went through World War I, who went through the Great Depression, who went through World War II, what studies are showing is they experienced less anxiety than we do today. And it makes you question, how in the world could that be? I mean, why in the world are, are so many people anxious, worried, 
fearful in our world. And, and here's the thing, and, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, anxiety is so complicated, right? I mean, some of it is physiological, some of it is emotional, some of it is circumstantial, and, and then a huge part of anxiety also has a spiritual component to it as well, doesn't it? And that's what we're dealing with in this series and what we're doing in this series is our, we're working our way through some of the words of the Apostle Paul that's found in Philippians chapter 4. You can go ahead and be turning there in your Bibles. We've been looking at verses 4 through 9, but remember right in the midst of all these words, this is what Paul writes, do not be anxious about anything. And let me remind you that Paul is writing this from Rome in a prison cell where he is chained to a guard 24 hours a day where eventually he is going to be beheaded by Nero. But he writes these words starting in verse 4, and I'm going to read this from the old D translation or the old D version. Blame God. I will say it again, just blame God. Let your, let your anxiousness be evident to all. The Lord is nowhere to be found. Stress out about everything, big stuff, little stuff, things you can't control, things you wish you could, things that might come true, and things that could never possibly happen. In every situation, see it as an opportunity to gripe to other people about how bad you've got it and how everyone else is cruising through life. Allow your envy and preoccupation to blow the problem out of proportion. Above all, never talk to God about it. He doesn't give a rip. And if you continue this path, the anxiety that transcends all human understanding will give you ulcers, heart disease, headaches, joint pains, lousy relationships, and so rejoice and be glad. Now, as I said, that's the old D translation, the old devil's translations, right? That's what Satan wants our perspective to be. And let's be honest this morning, how many of us have had that perspective? How many of us have been tempted at times to say, you know what? God, just, just forget it. Forget the church, forget you, forget all of this. I mean, God, here I am. I've, I've been going through all these terrible things. I'm overcome with anxiety, and you just don't seem to be anywhere. Ever felt that way? Well, Paul had a very different perspective. And again, remember where he's writing this. He's not riding this in a Marriott or, or some fancy hotel where, you know, he's just kind of kicked back and people are serving him and bringing him food and life is wonderful and life is great. He's in a prison cell. He's getting ready to die. And let me share with you the real words that he wrote. Rejoice in the Lord always. 
I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, and that's what we want, right? Which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the peace of God will be with you. Now last week... We focused on one single verse, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. But what I want us to do today is I want us to focus on one single word in that one single verse. And we didn't really talk about this last week, but it's the word thanksgiving. Because you see, here's the deal. Anxiety goes down as our thanksgiving goes up. In this series, we've been talking about how we can go from anxiety to peace. How we can go from anxiety to calm. And and in week number one, we talked about one of the ways that can happen. And that is by celebrating or rejoicing in the Lord. Not rejoicing because of all the bad things that happen to us in life. Yay, I'm struggling in my marriage. Yay, you know, I'm having financial trouble. No, rejoicing, celebrating in the Lord. Because He is good. And He is in control And Paul says that he is near. And so when we line up our lives, believing and trusting in those things, that God is good, he's in control, that that God is near, when we line up our lives and we stay right there in the center of that, then we will find peace. But then last week, we also talked about another way to overcome anxiety And that is to ask God for help. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, this is what Peter writes, Cast all your white church, all your anxiety on Him, on God, because He cares for you. God says, let me have it. Give me your anxiety. And we talked about last week how God even wants us to get specific. I mean, He wants us to really dig deep. God wants to know what we are anxious about. He wants us to talk to Him about it. Not because He doesn't already know, right? God already knows what we need before we ask, but for our own benefit. And if you miss that lesson, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to it. Because there's so many benefits to going to God, digging deep, getting specific and giving it to God about those things that we're concerned about and we're we're worried with. And then today we're also going to talk about thanksgiving. Because again, anxiety goes down as our thanksgiving goes up. And, and so if we want to overcome anxiety, we got to double down, right, on thanksgiving. Because, 
Here's the deal. Anxiety and gratitude cannot coexist, okay? Anxiety, and we talked about this in the beginning, is about a future fear that may or may not happen. This is where we're constantly saying, but what if, but what if, but what if? This is what those sleepless nights are about where we wake up between 2 and 4 a.m. And, and we can't go back to sleep and we feel like an elephant sitting on our chest. We can't breathe because what if this happens? That's anxiety. But gratitude is about a present blessing that is going on right now. And here's the thing, we cannot live in both of those worlds at the exact same time. Gratitude. There's actually, a, there's actually been a lot of research done on the power of gratitude. It has so many powerful benefits. And in fact, if you could put it in pill form, it would be a wonder drug. Gratitude, for example, improves your sleep, which means you have less fatigue, less depression, less anxiety. Also, gratitude improves your physical health. Research shows that it can actually reduce inflammation at a cellular level just by being grateful. One monk said, and I thought this was really good, happiness does not make you grateful. It is gratefulness that makes you happy. So many amazing benefits. To gratitude. I, I know I heard about a, another guy, and this would really be the flip side of this, if, if you will, who wanted to be a monk himself. And he had to take a vow of silence. In fact, he could only speak two words every year. And so after his First year, he went up to the friar, and the friar says, Yes, my son, what do you want to say? And he only spoke two words. He said, Room cold. Well, another year goes by, and at the end of that year, he comes back to the friar, and the friar says, Yes, my son, what would you like to say? And he only spoke two words. He says, Bed hard. Well, another year goes by, and at the end of that year, he comes back to the friar, and he only speaks two words. He says, food, bad. And then another year goes by, and at the end of that year, he says two, two more words. He says, I quit. And the friar looks at him, and he says, well, I'm not surprised. He said, all you've done since you've been here is complain. This morning, we had a chance to partake of the Lord's Supper. And for those of you who may be visiting with us for the first time, or maybe you've been visiting with us for the last couple of weeks, or you've been tuning in for the last couple of weeks, maybe you've been wondering why. Why do you do this every week? Well, because the Lord's Supper is an opportunity for us to reflect and express our gratitude for what God has done. We take the bread, and this bread, it reminds us of all that Jesus went through in His physical body.
were reminded of the way they spit upon him and they slapped him and they punched him in the face and they severely beat him and they nailed his body to a cross and it was all for us. And we also have an opportunity to partake of the fruit of the vine which reminds us of the blood of Jesus and how He poured out His blood as a substitute for our sins so that you and I could be free from guilt, so that you and I could be free from shame, so that you and I could be free from the fear of the future, right? And so as we gather around the table, we focus on those things and we celebrate and we thank God. You know, that word gratitude in, in the Greek is, is a very interesting word. It's actually Eucharistius. But what's really interesting about the Greek word for gratitude in the Greek is it's made up by two other root words in the Greek. Charis is one of the words, and it actually uh, means grace. You know, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, talks about how you and I, we have been saved by grace. The grace of God through faith, and this is not of yourselves, but it is a gift of God. In other words, you couldn't be good enough, you couldn't do enough to earn it. Your salvation comes through God's grace. But then also another, another word that's found in this Greek word for gratitude is kara, and it is the word for joy. And isn't it interesting, not only do we receive salvation, but when we give our lives to Jesus, He fills us with God's Holy Spirit. And He fills us with His joy. Isn't that awesome? And so we, we come together and, and we celebrate this grace and this joy that we have in Christ as we gather around this table in gratitude and we celebrate, we rejoice over what God has done. And as we do this, our anxiety goes down as our gratitude and our thanksgiving goes up. You know, we live in a culture where at times it can be really hard to be grateful. 
And the reason for that, I think, is because of, of social media. You know, we get on social media, Facebook, Instagram, whatever your, your thing is, and we, we go through our news feeds and we see the highlights of, of our friends and we're fa of our family. You know, he's got this beautiful wife and, and she's got this great job and, and they've got amazing kids who are absolutely perfect and, and they wear the best clothes and have the nice house and and they went on this amazing vacation to Hawaii and if we're not careful we can be tempted to look at all these things and begin to think to ourselves you know what I'm not really blessed enough and when that happens our anxiety goes up as our thanksgiving and our gratitude goes down I like what one theologian put, and I don't know who wrote this, but I think it's absolutely genius and it makes a great point. As you go through life, make this your goal. Look at the donut, not the hole. That's pretty good. That's gratitude. What I want to encourage you to do today, whether you're watching online or whether you're here today, I want to encourage you to get out a piece of paper, pen, pencil, whatever. If you're here today, you can just flip over your bulletin or your sermon outline and, and just write on the back. Or for those of you who are really tech savvy, you can even take out your cell phone or your tablet, go to notes, and, and you can uh, do what I'm going to ask you to do. I just want you to make a list of things that you're grateful for right now. Just go ahead and do it. It, it didn't matter what people think, okay? Don't, don't go, well, somebody's going to see me writing. Well, you're, no, don't worry about that. Just flip it over. Get something out. Get your phone out. And I want you to start making a list of all the things you are grateful for. It can be the house that you live in. It can be the bed that you sleep in. It can be your family. Maybe your spouse or your children or your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren. It can be a friend who has always been there for you. It can be a prayer that God has answered for you recently. It can be the person who gave you your first Bible. It can be the person who led you to Christ. It can be chocolate ice cream. Eddie, it can be Krispy Kreme donuts. But what I want you to do right now is I want you to just write down all the things that you're thankful for. And I just want you to keep writing even, even as I'm going through this lesson because I really feel like this is more important than anything that I have to say today. Because here's the deal, gratitude comes when we put it down. And so just start writing those out. Start, start putting those things out. And, and while you're doing that, I'm, I'm sure that most of you have heard about Coach K uh, from Duke University um, just an amazing basketball coach, really legendary. I mean, he has five national championships. I mean, he is an amazing basketball coach. I think the last time that Duke won the national championship was either 2015, 2016, somewhere in there. And really, he credits 
that national championship to an exercise that he had his coaches and his players do. He gave all of them a basketball, and he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to write down, I want you to put down on that basketball everyone who helped you to get here. It can be a friend who supported you. It can be a coach who coached you. It can be... Uh, a parent who took you to hundreds of practices and came and cheered for you at all your games. But I want you to write down all those people who helped you get to this point in life, and I want you to keep it with you throughout this tournament. When you're on the plane, when, when you're on the bus, when you're on the, in the hotel, and some of the basketball players on his team even slept with the basketball to remind them that they weren't playing for themselves. They were playing for a wide range of people who helped them to get there. But Coach K credits this simple exercise of gratitude that really, he says, changed everything for his team. Let me ask you a question this morning. Who's helped you to get to this place in your life? Write it down. Because gratitude has the power to help you overcome anxiety. You know, sometimes we can be tempted to focus on what we don't have instead of what we do have. And here's the deal. Write this down. Whenever, whatever we have in Jesus Christ is greater than anything that we don't have if we're a follower of Jesus. In fact, for some of you who, who may over the next couple of days, weeks, be trying to, to think of some things that you're grateful for, maybe you're even looking for a text that you can refer to. Let me give you one. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. And this is kind of a lengthy reading. You can write it, write it down and, and read it for yourself a little later. But what I want you to do is just listen to me as I read to you what Paul writes here. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before He made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in His eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into His own family, bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ. This is what He wanted to do, and it gave Him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace He poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. He has showered His kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us His mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill His own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, He will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have re received an inheritance from God, for He chose us in advance, and He makes everything work out according to His plan. 
God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom He promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. And He did this so that we would praise and glorify Him. Let me try and illustrate this for you today. I know we're running out of time, but this is important. Let's say that you're a person who's just kind of gotten by in life. I mean, you've never had a lot of money. I mean, you're paycheck to paycheck. But then one day, out of the blue, two men knock on your door. They're in suits. You say, yeah, can I help you? And they say, well, we're attorneys. Is there any way that we can come in and talk to you? We've got some good news and some bad news. And, and so you say, yeah, come on in. And you take them to your kitchen table and you all sit down and they say, look, here's the bad news. The bad news is one of your distant relatives has passed away and they gave the name and you're like, I, I, don't, even, I don't even know who that is. And they said, well, here's the good news. They had a sizable inheritance. Now, it's very complicated. We, we haven't been able to figure out all the details as of yet, but if you would like for us to, we will, we will start digging into this. But until then, you are this individual's only living relative, and so we just want to start by giving you a check for $10,000. And you're like, whoa, $10,000. That is absolutely amazing. And, and they say, well, would you like for us to continue to, to dig? And you say, yeah, dig away, you know. At least you're $10,000 richer. And so they leave. And, and for the next several months, you know, man, you're spending that $10,000 and life is amazing. It's just, it's, it's crazy. You've never had this kind of money to spend. Well, a couple of months later, they come back and they said, we've, we've got some news for you. And you say, okay, we'll, we'll share. And they said, well, we started digging and we found a house in Hawaii. We also found some very valuable art pieces. We, we found several bank accounts. I mean, this... This inheritance is a lot larger than we thought. And, and so here, to get things started, again, here's, here is $100,000. And if you would like, we'll just continue digging. And you're like, no way. I've never made this much money in my life. And you're super excited. And you say, man, just keep digging. And so they leave, and, and for the next couple of months, you're, you're spending $100,000, and life is good. It's awesome. And then they come back and they said, wow, we're, we had no idea. But they said, there, is a, there are real estate holdings all over the world. And, and we're finding all these investments that are worth millions of dollars. In fact, we're here to give you a check for $1 million today. And you're like, no way. 
That is awesome. A million dollars. They said, well, you know, I think there's much more. Can we just keep digging? You say, yeah, keep digging. And to make a long story short, they just keep going away and coming coming back with new and bigger stuff every single time. And you're just blown away to find out that you have this huge inheritance that you never thought was possible. And I know that as wild as this illustration seems from an economic standpoint, this is the very thing that happens in a spiritual sense to every follower of Jesus. Think about what we just read and and think about your life and, and think about that moment when you found out that, that you were lost, that you were a sinner, and one day you were going to stand before a holy God and you were going to have to give an account for your sins. But then God sent His Son to save you so that now you no longer have to go to hell. I mean, how many of you, when you realize that for the first time, you're just like, oh man, this is awesome. I don't have to go to hell. In fact, people like, could notice there was a, a difference, a change over you. And, and, and they were like, well, what are you so excited about? What are you so joyful about? Because I've given my life to Jesus, and I no longer have to go to hell. And I get to be with God. And then over time, you begin, if you're like me, to find out about the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 and and how this Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God indwells you. It lives inside of you to empower you to be everything that God wants you to be. And you're like, man, this is crazy. You mean I don't have to do this life by myself? No. Praise God. And you find out about A family, a church family, God's family. That you have brothers and sisters in Christ to encourage you and and build you up. And, you know, you can laugh and love and connect with these people of God. And, of course, you have God's Word and, and you've just been blown away by the things in it and how it's led you to live a, a blessed life. And, and then you find out that you can talk directly to God. You can come directly into His presence and talk to Him at any time. And, and He's always there. You're never alone. And, and nothing can ever separate you from the love of God. And as you begin to look at all this, you begin to think, wow. I am so rich. Man, I am so rich. I may not have the nicest house or the fanciest clothes or drive the nicest cars, but what I do have in Christ is awesome. It is incomparable to anything else. Gratitude. You see how it changes your perspective? And and what I want us to do this morning is is I want us to sing two songs. Wayne led us in this song just a few moments ago, but I I want our online viewers to join in, in with us today as we sing these two songs of thanksgiving to God. So let's all stand and let's just sing out together and thank God.
chapter 2 verse 38 being immersed into that blood in baptism and so today if you want to give your life to Jesus believing that he is the son of God that he died for you and rose for your sins you can do that today or if there is someone here today who is a Christian and you have been struggling maybe with anxiety just gratefulness all together, and, and I get it. We've gone through so much as, as a country, as a world, and in times like this, it can be hard to be grateful, but God is still good, and He is still in control, and He is still near. And so if you need to come this morning, won't you come as together we stand as we sing.